Hello everyone. I am Vikrant Chaudhary, host of this podcast. I am a student from Fleming College, Winter 2021 batch, pursuing project management course. This is the second podcast of my podcast series. In this podcast, we are going to see what is the importance of PMP, advantage of PMP, requirements for appearing in PMP exam, and many more details regarding PMP. Guest speaker will tell her experience of giving PMP exam. She will give us a brief idea about how project management theories can be applied in real life project. Today, we have uh, Tushara as our guest speaker. She will give brief information about her. Hello Tushara. Hello Vikram. Thank you for having me on this podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. It feels so good to connect with you as a Fleming College student. Let me introduce myself. Uh, I'm a PMP certified project manager. I also identify myself as Fleming alumni who studied project management as well as supply chain management programs here. I have been here in Canada for just over two years. Currently, I'm working as a project manager at a cyber security firm in Mississauga. So that is a little bit about myself. Okay, thank you for the introduction. So let's begin our podcast. So today sure. we are going to talk about the PMP and some of the little experience about your practical field. So the first question is, what is the importance of PMP in the practical field? Ah, so well, let me give a brief description of what PMP is for our audience. I'm sure they would know that, but just in case. So PMP stands for Project Management Professional, which is a globally recognized designation offered by Project Management Institute. It is a prestigious credential among project managers. It was typically a four-hour exam with um, 200 challenging questions. This year, the format has changed completely. It is now 230 minutes and 180 questions. Uh, when I gave the exam, it was based on project process groups, uh, which are initiating, planning, executing, monitoring, controlling, and closing. But now the questions are based on people, processes, and business environment. So we can see that the focus is slowly shifting towards the people skills and the process and understanding the business environment. The credential is uh, only valid for three years. So within these three years, we have to earn PDUs, which are professional development units. So these PDUs are the measure that you're continuously updating yourself in the field of project management or else the credential will get expired. So once it expires, we have to take the test again to gain it back. Now coming to its importance, um, I'd say number one would is that PMP will hone uh, our project management skills and it will pre- provide us with structured uh, framework to effectively, I would say, handle a project. Uh, you know how to start a project, you know how to plan the activities, uh, you know how to assign good resources to the project, you know how to track the project and continuously communicate to the customer, uh, etc. So you know how to get your things done before even you start your job with, with, with the PMP certification. And number two is because PMP has a universal format, you can manage projects easily in any part of the world, be it Australia, Canada, Switzerland, or India. You're following the same best practices of project management for any given project. So any PMP certified project manager 
knows how to steer the project even if he replaced some other project manager and he joined the project uh, during its ex- execution phase because uh, you know the same uh, you know the processes that go into project management so these are the main reasons i would say pmp will make you stand out in the workforce uh, yeah as you have mentioned uh, that pmp uh, exam pattern is changing also mm-hmm. i have heard that the pimbook uh, is update uh, has updated its version means right. they are shifting to uh, from mainly from process group to the practical experience so right. yeah this is good because students don't have to remember this basic <laughs> formats yeah and they can right. just go on by implementing yeah. their practical experience or their right. knowledge on this yeah projects are always about people mm-hmm. uh, so the the focus is shifting towards people skills and uh, how we have to be communicating with other people in the project so that that's a good thing yeah communication is totally important for this project because yeah. if we don't say, com- yeah yeah sorry uh, i would say project manager means communication and communication means project manager <laughs> that that a point to be noted that's a good point yeah yeah so moving to our next question what are the advantages of giving uh, pmp getting pmp certification right so um, i can give you two good reasons why you should consider pursuing pmp although you have to invest um, quite a good amount of time and money into this first as a pmp you have higher chance of being considered for a promotion or a raise or during the hiring process because pmp is a prerequisite for most of the project management related roles In fact, I'm a living testimony of this. I landed on my job because I have a PMP designation. Um employers will look out for P- P- project managers with PMP. So as we already have those skills required for the job. I was referred to the job by a project or a program coordinator Jeremy because I have a PMP and cust- like customers uh, for asking for a project manager in my organization so they had to hire a pm they never had a pmp or a project manager so they had a, they had to hire a pmp because uh, even the customers are asking for project managers with pmp so you can understand the dema- demand that there is for pmp and the second reason i would say is also it could be an important reason for most of the people is according to many surveys project managers with pmp earn at least 20% more than others uh, others meaning other project managers in north america and all over the world so in addition to this as i have mentioned earlier you are equipped with the necessary skills to efficiently maneuver a project oh that's good means the pmp certificate is a perk and you can really right. get a job from that yes yeah and actually the i heard that it's quite difficult but is that it has many advantages for that yeah I I would say it's a good investment if you if you want to pursue your career towards project management people will look people will look for your project management uh, professional credentials yeah and when you add a certification to your uh, curriculum vitae that is totally yeah. different that you are pmp yeah. so you are highlighted in a different manner right that that's how my profile stood out from other profiles yeah that's good for, to hear yeah Yeah. And congratulations for you. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, what are the requirements for appearing in PMP exam? 
Oh, that's a good question because not everybody can appear for PMP exam. So there, um, there are these eligibility criteria you have to meet uh, mm-hmm. before taking the test. Uh, so there are like either uh, you must have a four-year degree, mm-hmm. three years, which is like thirty-six months of experience in leading projects. Thirty-five hours of project management education or a CAPM certification. This is in case you have a four-year degree. But if you have a high school diploma or an associate degree, mm-hmm. you must have five years, which is sixty months of experience in leading projects. Thirty-five hours of project management education or CAPM certification. So while filling the application, PMP asks to fill in all this information. So you have to uh, give your Thirty-six months of experience explanation in that application form, without which you cannot submit the application. So once you submit the application, PMI reviews the application and sends an email saying that you can proceed with the payment. So sometimes some applications get randomly picked for an audit. In that case, you have to send them your documents to prove your educational background and project leading experience. Or they call the organization we worked for and check if we have actually worked there. So PMI does some rigorous uh, background checking before letting a candidate to take their test. Okay, so before uh, taking this exam, you should have a proper documents with you uh, to prove your that you have done the this kind of work and all things. Yeah, yeah. In case uh, your application gets picked for audit, you will get a mail saying that. We need to check all of these and so send these documents to this address. But if 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 your profile is not picked for an audit, that is not required. They'll just simply send you an email saying you can proceed with the payment and you can pay. Okay, so you have to collect this document uh, beforehand before applying for PMP, or you can after you got mail, you can mail your uh, uh, your yeah. company that I want an experience letter or something. Usually, when you leave the organization, they give you the experience letter, pay slips, and everything. So once you submit your application, and in case your application is picked for an audit, you will have a certain time period within which you have to send the uh, documents. So you have time after submitting the application because PMI will give you a certain amount of time to send your uh, documents. Okay. Yeah. Understood. So next is uh, what should be the relationship between project manager and the project sponsor? <laughs> so yeah, for any relationship, I would say trust is a crucial element. Mm-hmm. Either it's between the project manager and and the team, or the pro- project manager and the sponsor. Mm-hmm. Um, in most of the cases, the sponsors would have the trust. On the project manager during the initial stages, without which the sponsors wouldn't agree them to handle the project, right? Mm-hmm. And as the project progresses, uh, it's up to the project manager to maintain that trust. There are always risks or unforeseen circumstances that would be coming during a project, uh, and project is never a linear process. It's not like okay, this task is done, we are moving on to the next. You can you sometimes have to come back to this task because after validation, you would know that this is. Not up to the standards, and you have to do some rework on it. You have to test it. You have to do some more rework, and you have to validate, and you have to come back. So, it's never a linear process. There will be roadblocks and showstoppers. 
they so those are all part of the project execution the reason projects have project manager manager is to guide the team during such times constantly maintain that communication with the sponsor and the team so project manager is like the bridge between the sponsor and the team and project manager is responsible for that communication and uh, the project manager is, uh, has to resolve the issues as quickly and as efficiently as possible so mm-hmm. it's the job if the project manager succeeds in doing so it boosts the confidence of the sponsor it builds more trust ultimately we have to satisfy and make the customer happy mm-hmm. as they are the ones who are spending big bucks mm-hmm. on us to get their work done right yeah the same sponsor or customer would come back to you or to the project manager with another kind of project which is a win win for both i would say mm-hmm. so this is the kind of relationship i'd maintain with a sponsor keep it professional but always keep it uh, keep in the communication flowing that is my advice yeah because while pursuing the course uh, students mm-hmm. usually have in this kind of situation when the sponsor is your teacher and you are the project manager you have right. to handle many assignments that that are your projects and you have to do it on a timely manner and mm-hmm. but in that you just uh, don't have the that validated scope thing because once you have to complete all this means you are conducting initiation planning and executing and then you have to just submit it so that's then uh, you will get graded according to that project deliverable you don't yeah. have time to um, <laughs> to redo it right right yeah. so even if you are forcing a schedule delay or forcing um, cost overrun it's always good to mention it to the customer because he'll be he or she will be prepared for it mm, right yeah. you so it's always good to communicate everything that is i mean i won't say everything but the things that would affect the resources of the sponsor yeah i know that importance because uh, sometimes when i was just recently i have just recently traveled to canada so i have beforehand i inform my uh, teachers about uh, i i can't submit the assignments on time so just they, they just give me some uh, extension of the deadline so that yeah. proved me effective because if i didn't communicate it with them i yeah. would have it would have cost me to re- uh, reduction in my marks or something so that's true that's true yeah you have to keep them in the loop yeah right? if you just inform them that uh, i have certain kind of things means i can do the things right now i but i will surely do it after uh, this will completely i think they should they will understand that uh, this is a rigid a reason for not completing this and they can do it so yeah awesome. yeah community you are already doing the right thing <laughs> yeah the fleming college is teaching us the right thing yeah 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 i would say that because we have very good faculty over here Yeah, and plus they have just informed us that you should free, feel free to communicate with us because you can just mail us anytime you want about anything. Don't feel alone. Yeah, true, very true. And plus, uh, the one thing about the sponsor relationship, yeah, just we uh, because we just have to in here also in college, we just have to uh, make make good relations with the uh, teachers. I Means we just we have to inform them. We just need to talk them. so that they can know that we are uh, doing effort uh, if we don't uh, don't do this kind of things and we just ignore all the things and don't do the assignment don't contact them and they will feel that you are not interested in the course so yeah you just need to inform them what is going correct or where you are lacking 
very true very true open communication is, will never hurt you i mean it in turn helps you yeah that's a good point so we so let's move into the next question uh have you prepared for the cap for the pfpm pmp exams okay my preparation story then so firstly i had as you know formal education in the field of project management from semin college mm-hmm. it hugely helped me um, in preparation for the exam i would say in my experience pmbok is the best guide for pmp exam in my opinion pmp is very underrated people mm-hmm. opt online paid courses if one has formal education they do not need to take any uh, kind of uh, online paid classes mm-hmm. they just need pmbok i i would say i read every page of pmbok for the exam i read every concept from pmbok mm-hmm. so there is nothing better than a good old pmbok um if you if if someone never had a formal education then they might opt those um, online classes or cla- classes taught by some uh, people that would help them but because we have our education in this like we have good 8 months of education in project management right so why do we have to go again and take one more course doesn't make sense you you already have such good faculty all of this aside the very most important thing like the most i would say is before prepare, appearing for the pmp mm-hmm. you have to take a lot of mock tests a lot there are a lot of free resources that are available online you can find so many mock tests i mean i found because uh, like the exam format was different when i was giving the exam now i think there would be some Mm-hmm. But uh, you have to research. You you you'd obviously find material for mock tests. There are many practice books you can find online in stores. Mm-hmm. I'm sure like many project manage many PMPs would write books about the new format and they would come up with some material. I'm sure there would be a lot of material. You can also um, talk to your faculty and uh, ask them for resources ask them for material like my faculty like darcy has helped me with few of the material so i got some books from him and practice from that so you must at least do four or five mock tests mm-hmm. before the exam the reason i'm saying this is because um, the exam is for almost 4 hours okay and you have 180 questions Imagine the amount of focus you need. Mm-hmm. Did you ever sit for four hours straight? Uh, no. <laughs> In this day and age, it's difficult for us to sit for four hours because we always get distracted. <laughs> of course, there's a ten-minute break after first two hours, but you should also practice sitting for four hours and maintaining that focus to read one eighty questions because those one eighty questions are not simple. straightforward questions they are some situation based questions scenario based questions which uh test the ability of your um project management skills so if you are in certain situation as a project manager how would you react so there sometimes there will be two options which you would find are correct for that question but there is only one correct answer mm-hmm. so you need like a lot of amount of focus to at this exam so you need that patience that focus to sit for 4 hours 
and look at the screen constantly uh, you yeah you can't even see in there right your uh, your proctor is looking at you so you have to look at the screen for 4 hours you have to answer 180 questions you have to answer them correct because you have invested a lot of time you've invested a lot of money in preparing for this exam yeah i can so, just yeah yeah so the, the questions can really get tricky at some point so you have to have the focus that you had at the first minute to, till the last minute so i would say practice 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 smartest <laughs> sure because i can just imagine the amount of effort needed to do the 4 hr test uh, yeah. in just one go and yeah. having the one edit tough questions to in front mm-hmm. of you you just need to wonder how what will be the answer and imagine the stress and the tension you have during the exam so you have to tackle all of those at the same 4 hour period yeah because yeah. Of, because yeah. this one edit questions you can just get answers directly you just have to think what could be uh, the answer when you get two answers for the same thing then you are just going to be tense uh, your tension is going to be double because yeah <laughs> yeah you answer. panic yeah yeah <laughs> it's tough so, yeah go ahead yeah because uh, two quiz uh, means uh, getting this much questions and all are just confusing and uh, most of them are practical based so mm-hmm. you can cannot define uh, you can only choose one question and you yeah. cannot decide from the two options you have so mm-hmm. it could be really difficult to do this Yeah yeah I'm sure you had questions during your quizzes which uh, for which you have felt that two of the answers are correct but finally only the one answer is correct right Mhm Did you have such questions during quizzes Yeah just uh, yeah. faculties just try to give us the quiz in such pattern yeah, that we can be used Yeah Yeah So yeah that is the kind of situation project managers would be in day to day basis Mhm so that that is the kind of questions they test us with it's one of the advantage of having in the fleming because they teach us and they try to give us the experience how it is to give the uh, competitive exam like pap P, uh, pmp and capm they right. just mold us from the beginning that uh, this is how you have to be prepared for the exams and by giving us quiz uh, having the questions in the quiz which is similar to pmp and capm right right very true very true yeah and yeah. attending the, uh, those quizzes are really beneficial because uh, i felt when i was uh, actually i didn't give cpm but uh, i gave mock test for that uh, i felt really good uh, by that i gave this those quizzes and those mm-hmm. quizzes will help me in the cpm right right actually those quizzes helped me in pmp also oh. because i am prepared for the kind of questions that i have to expect okay oh yeah, yeah. these quizzes are most important yeah so i would like to ask you how is the exam procedure of pmp means how you have to give the exam mm-hmm. so when you say procedure is it when uh, the 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 exam begins uh yeah okay okay so um i sat for the exam during lockdown so it i didn't have to go to the exam center which is in toronto mm mm-hmm. uh so i took it online from home so this is how the exam works is taking online from home mm-hmm. the first step 
uh, is to perform uh, to perform before the exam is to do a technical check if your internet is fine uh, the camera and the microphone on the laptop are in good condition or not so these are the initial technical checks that you have to follow Mm-hmm. Once the clock hits ten, there is a proctor from Pearson who does the initial screening. They would ask you to click pictures of your room. They don't want anybody in your room. Mm. They don't want any material lying on your table. So they want the pictures of your surrounding, and you have to upload it to a link that they send you. Once the exam starts, you are monitored throughout the exam. So there is uh, a proctor who is sitting and watching you. but you you can't see them once you hit 90 odd questions uh, there is a scheduled 10 minute break you need to inform the proctor that you are taking the break and then you are good to go for that 10 minutes and you come back after that 10 minutes your second part begins uh, and once you finish the whole exam you'll have uh, i mean before the uh, break for the first part you will get to review all your questions so you can mark them if you want to come back and review and once the break is done you can't review the first part so now only you can review second part questions you can mark them and you can get back to those questions and uh, you can think of any different answer or if you want to change the options you can do that so once you finish all of it and you hit complete you submit your answers mm-hmm. it would get the results whether if you have cleared the exam or not so for me it said you cleared it go celebrate kind mm-hmm. of a thing uh so after a couple of days you will receive an official email from pmi with a performance in detailed uh with your performance detailed and analyzed way so they would they gave me how much i scored in initiating so this uh, they won't give you scores they would say if you are about target below target uh more than target something like that yeah they won't give you any scores they don't uh, score you based on the numbers they score you based on the Uh, they have some different metric which they uh, score you and give you the results as about target below target and something like that uh and well this is the process when i took the exam the current process might be similar if not the same i'm not sure but the information can be found online on pmi website or many people write blogs about pmi pmp exam job you can easily find what is the current uh, process of taking the exam um yeah so pretty much pretty much that is the exam format that i have given and i've heard that fleming college has integrated capm certification with the program right so yeah. have you given your uh, exam or how does that work i'm not sure Yeah, actually, they provided us two options. Uh, either you have to queue exams for all of six subjects in the first semester, mm-hmm. or you have to queue the CAPM. Then okay. they uh, gave us the option if you uh, achieve considerable marks uh, in CAPM, means if right. you even if you didn't pass, uh, you will get uh, clear fifty percent in all the subjects in the term test uh, section. Means you have the twenty percent weightage of the term test section, so you will get uh, marks for 
uh, about 50 percent or around 50 percent for all the subjects. Uh, if you don't give the CAPM, you have to give uh, all six subjects uh, exams. Mm-hmm. So yeah, CAPM means they provided us this benefit. So some of us opt uh, go, uh, go for the CAPM, and most of them were getting cleared. And some of mm-hmm. they gave means uh, they had planning to. In some of the us have planning to give CAPM after the course or once uh, second semester is completed. Because uh, to they they wanted to get some time to learn the things, and after they can go for that. Means uh, during our time, uh, some of us were in the India, so mm-hmm. it was difficult to do this. And actually, yeah, CAPM has some amount. Uh, we have to invest some amount in that. So right. yeah, it was difficult to those who were in India. So they felt we should first uh, reach to Canada, and then we can go for that. But yeah, uh, Fleming College has provided a good initiative by uh, giving this option because uh, students don't have to go outside uh, once after completing the uh, course and then you have to give CAPM. Plus, as you are enrolled in Fleming College, they are giving benefit for the application fees. Uh, if you are in, enrolled in the uh, college and you are, as they give you PM, PMI, uh, app- I mean PMI number, Means you can you just have to reduce uh, your fees is just reduced from uh, to two twenty five dollar for the CAPM exam, and even if you go after after if you offer after course you have to pay two fifty dollars. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, and that's yeah, advantage. That's yeah, that's good that they're giving you option, mm-hmm. so you can choose and you can do it at your comfort level, right? Yeah, and you can't rush into things. Like because of this pandemic, all everything is different, and everybody's situation is different. It's good that it's good that they're giving that option, mm-hmm. so that you choose and you prepare well for the exam. Yeah, and plus, uh, actually, those who are going to uh, opt for this, uh, they are having advantage because uh, the knowledge is fresh. Uh, mm-hmm. They can do it. Uh, uh, means they have just completed the first semester, and the first semester includes a whole PIM book. So all the processes and all the guides are included in that. Uh, so you have just re- referred to the PIM book, and you don't have to do much efforts in going through that. You have just gone through the processes for doing the assignments, and you have to just go through the PIM book. So you have a fresh knowledge of the PIM book. Plus, uh, you have a guide. I mean, faculties as a guide to mm-hmm. opt for this. So oh, yeah, th- yeah, oh, yeah. that's a I mean, that's a good option, and you can go for that. If right. you are eligible, you can go for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. CAPM is a good start uh, in a project management career because not everybody can take PMP, right? So CAPM mm. will give a kickstart, I would say. Yeah, and plus uh, the uh, PM, PMP procedure is quite similar to CAPM, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I have heard about the CAPM. Uh, it's quite similar. Just uh, it means I think uh, it's about the. Uh, I think it's uh, similar because of pandemic. Because in mm-hmm. pandemic we just have to means as you have mentioned that we have to click pictures of our surroundings and all. Uh, right, in right. CAPM we uh, we have to do the same. In first uh, and and there is an invigilator which who is constantly monitoring you throughout mm-hmm. the exam. But I don't have any idea about the break segments that that yeah, they are going to give you break or something. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, maybe it's not for a four hours or yeah, it's uh, the, uh, yeah duration is a little bit less. Yeah, so I don't think they are giving any break there. 
cool cool i wish you all the best for your exam i want you to give it as soon as possible <laughs> when you have everything fresh in your mind yeah so that you don't forget stuff yeah thank you so much for that so moving to our next question uh, as we learned risk response while pursuing the project management course do you believe those response are enough to counter any risk encountered in real life projects or else uh do you feel that some other things should be known by students before facing a risk in real life projects hmm okay so i'd say um it all depends on the type of project and the types of risks you're dealing with mm-hmm. uh no matter how much formal education you have uh, i mean one needs to understand the project at ground level um unless i don't have the complete understanding of the project i cannot create risk responses right mm-hmm. the knowledge we gain as students is a generic approach but we have to tailor our skills um to come up with the risk responses the risk categories that we studied um as students will be the same for example there are technical risks management risks so th- those categories are the same the, those general generalizations are the same mm-hmm. um for example in my case uh, i work for a cyber security firm mm-hmm. i learn something new about the project every day because i've never had technical cyber security knowledge um but as a part of my job i must understand the background of the project to understand the risks right i am mm-hmm. not necessarily the one who solves the risk but uh as i am the project manager i must know what the risk is mm-hmm. um what what is it affecting like, what, is it affecting the schedule is it affecting the cost is it affecting the sponsor's uh, cyber security environment uh and who is supposed to resolve the risk mm-hmm. um who am i supposed to reach out for updates what are the kind of updates sponsor needs and when is it going to be resolved that's it if i understand the technicalities of the risk that is well and good i mean if i have deep technical understanding of the risk uh, that is like i don't have to bother about all of these mm-hmm. but in absence of technical knowledge you should know who what why how so those questions you should have answers for so then you will be in a good position because you know what is happening and you know what to report to the customer okay right so that yeah. because customers or the sponsors would contact you they won't they won't contact the team because i am the bridge right mm. so i should be in a position to answer their questions it 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 doesn't mean i should know everything i should know what are the questions i should ask to my team what is the answers i should get from them what are the answers i should get from them and what what are the answers i should give to the customer mm-hmm. so this comes i would say with experience uh, how much ever we study during our project management program mm-hmm. these things would come with experience the first day i was in the job i i didn't understand a word about the project because everything was so technical mm-hmm. slowly i started to 
Lon, my boss uh, who trained me has a, a lot of patience. He used to uh, if, if I asked him something he would repeat it. He would give me space to understand, time to understand it. He never uh, pressurized me. So that way I understood. So now I'm in a good position of what uh, everybody's roles are in the project, what they do and if something happens who should i contact who, who are responsible for the task etc etc so as the project manager that is what uh, your responsibility is to have to ask the right questions and to have the answers to those yeah this question came in my mind because uh, we have learned about all, all the things about risk in first semester that was all theory portion means how the risk is impl- uh, risk is identified how we have to implement the risk response and all but once in the second semester i chose apply project because we had an option to choose choose apply project or the simulation portion so i chose to get for apply project and this podcast is uh, the part of my project so i never thought that i would encounter any kind of risk but i registered that this could be some of the risk uh but once uh, means i planned to come to canada so it took uh, two weeks to all do all the things planning and approaching here so i didn't had time to do stuff for this project so my project lagged behind means my schedule was i my schedule was totally behind the schedule my whole project was behind the schedule so it uh, put me in tense tense situation that yeah. how i'm going to complete this but uh while planning for my project i kept a buffer week bet- uh, between mm-hmm. this uh, between second first podcast and second podcast so mm-hmm. it helped me to shift my uh, means that buffer time helped me to make my first right. podcast uh, on the schedule so right. Right. so yeah that the first podcast was not on the critical part so that mm-hmm. helped me to move this thing and to complete my project on time so now i'm work- i'm going according to my schedule and it's correct so before implementing this change i had to give risk response i mean i implement the risk response and i have to give a change request to my sponsor without uh, approval of the change request i can't implement any change right right so right. yeah so you, yeah, you, ha- yeah no matter how much you plan you always come across one risk or two like any number of risks that you haven't planned for so you have to be very spontaneous in that moment Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's a tense situation when you just have not noticed that this risk is coming and it's just <laughs> appear in front of you and yeah. what you are going to do means it's yeah. just difficult kind of situation you just have to remain calm and just go for this. That's all you have to expect for the unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what project management is. Yeah. Okay, so let's move to the next question. Do you need clear clearly defined roles on a project team? absolutely yes uh, if roles and responsibilities are not defined it's a risky project uh, defining roles is a part of planning mm-hmm. so the team becomes directionless in the absence of defined roles uh, uh, the team would be doing random tasks leading mm-hmm. to potential risks like rework missing work improper tracking lol end up to be a mess eventually leads to wastage of resources time <clears throat> sorry project money 
right let's just say you and i are assigned to a project and nobody has told us our responsibilities so what will we do mm-hmm. we do, do not start working we'll keep waiting for someone to come and tell us what to do right yeah or if we if we are very enthusiastic team members we'll start working on the tasks that we know what if we both do the same task aren't we wasting the time and money yeah that is the most unproductive way to do a project if you do not define roles who would i like if i did not as a project manager if i did not define the roles who would i contact if i want to track the progress of uh, of a task so yeah. always always define the roles you remember your uh, raci chart yeah as a pm i'm supposed to know who is responsible who is accountable who is cons- who who i should consult or who is to be informed about the task for the delivery so that is very important uh, part of the project you have to define the roles even mm-hmm. you have to define the roles on the sponsor side because you should know who you you have to inform about a particular issue or a task right if if somebody is not responding from the sponsor side you should know whom to escalate so that you get the information quicker mm-hmm. so not only from your side you should also define define meaning you have to understand what is the role of the sponsor team members uh, so that you have a better picture of the project and you know what kind of information is required for um, each role or each person yeah that's a good thing means that uh, you should have a to refine roles because as you have mentioned it creates difficulties and uh, it in- includes more cost and time for the project right so, yep that's correct so let's move to the next question that is mm-hmm. what were the risk you have encountered during a project when you were working on a real life project um one of the common risks that i have encountered is the lack of effective communication which resulted in schedule delays increased project costs it is important uh, to bring this up during kickoff meetings or during status update meetings to avoid further delays so it all falls on the res- responsibilities of pm pm project manager is responsible for getting the these issues and risk risks resolved so in case you are noticing that the communication is not flowing properly you have to um talk to the sponsor or talk to our team members and resolve that issue as soon as possible because if communication is not flow, flowing properly all of the risks are standing in line mm-hmm. yeah that's why you have mentioned in the beginning of the podcast that communication is important <laughs> because right, right. yeah you have felt many risks because of this yeah yeah i'm sure our faculty have uh, reminded of this like 100 times like communication is the key communication is the key mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, means uh, when we do projects uh, means group projects then mm-hmm. we also have to do means we have we need to have a effective communication and for that right. we need right. to have a one leader who will right. uh, communicate all the things to all because if uh, someone if there is no leader then all people will think that 
yeah he will do this thing he will do this thing uh, she will do this thing and she will try to communicate or else and in this way no one is going to communicate communicate with anyone and mm-hmm. we will just have to complete the work on the last day and that's a very bad situation yeah it's a chaos yeah and you cannot do an efficient work on the last moment means you are just need to hurry up and you just need to complete the work but yeah. you cannot get a productive work by that yeah right right very true so uh okay so how do you manage to handle multi projects uh, at the same time multiple projects yeah um the best approach i think uh it's a cliche one but works for me i think it works for everyone is to prioritize mm-hmm. uh, prioritize when handling multiple projects um i you I usually categorize between the most urgent and the important to least urgent and important. Mm-hmm. But in real world, things keep changing. You have to reprioritize tasks based on the urgency. So you have planned something, mm-hmm. but some, for example, recently, um, a customer came and said they want to um, get a task done by this Tuesday. They said it on Friday. so you have to reprioritize it because the customer is asking so things keep changing in the real world we have to be prepared but also plan the tasks uh, that all, that are already on your plate so that you don't uh, so that you are not all over the place you know what you are doing you know what are your next steps mhm yeah yeah uh, so can you share your some of your experience of working with a team and handling a team so that project management students can have idea about how to handle a team while working in a group because as a student i know we face difficulties in handling a team and disturbing distributing the work to each team member uh, yeah i face similar difficulties when handling group projects in college mm-hmm. uh when i brought this issue to my instructor darcy uh i was given a given a best advice that it worked like a charm it was to create a team charter mm-hmm. which includes the responsibilities of each team member along with three step penalty plan when someone missed their task so if you missed your task for the first time you have some punishment second you uh, you go to the faculty and inform them third you terminate them from the project something like that and everybody has to agree for it and sign for it Mm-hmm. Uh but in my current organization I have not come across such situations because everyone on the team are well aware of their duties and perform their assigned activities. So right now uh it's a good team I'm working with. They know what to do, they know uh when to do. They I mean I'm the youngest among those people so they know their duties. I don't have to remind them of them. So it's a good place right now. It's in good mm-hmm. place. Yeah, that's good to have a good understanding team with you. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, during our school, means in college, uh, while coaching this course, we face uh, difficulties such as some of our group members don't even respond. Right. Like we just send them mail and they don't even bother to look at that, or they don't even bother to give a reply for the message that they are not available or something. Uh, one of the situation I face that uh, during carrying out a project uh, means I have distributed the work then. 
one of the team member didn't even responded to that means uh, and he said he's out for so he can't do that he didn't even inform us before so that we can do that work uh, we just yeah. distributed and we just waited for him that he will complete it but we demand got response and at the at the end time we just have to complete it on our own so we did ha- we had other stuff to do but we need to prioritize this and we need to complete that that work so that was a tough situation and when yeah, yeah. yeah when you don't have such a good understanding yeah. team with you so oh, it's, it's a pain like you don't know what to do you don't know if the person would be working or not because if if you knew before you would do but you kept waiting right so that that mm-hmm. was what i was talking about there, there was no communication and your time and your resources are resources are getting wasted yeah because at least once uh, once you have known that this person is not going to do you can schedule your whole work and you can complete that work but once once you that you get that on the last time at the last duration that he is not going to do that you have to right. do the whole thing by on your own so sure. sure. okay so let's move to the next question how change process is implemented in the real project um it's pretty much the same uh early in the project we we establish who is going to authorize the change on the customer side we first ask them um, if they have any specific change management process to follow mm-hmm. if they don't have any we suggest them our process which is never to implement a change on verbal agreement mm-hmm. always have a documented approval for, from customer to go ahead and make a change if a customer says oh yeah yeah go ahead and make this or somebody from their team says it never do it at least send an email saying i'm uh, uh, i'm doing these these changes please approve it and only once you receive an approved email from them you have to go ahead with the change so we must always make sure that we have our cow- covered up, we have covered our back yeah that's what our faculty informed us that you should uh, while implementing any change you should have a written document without right. that you can't implement a change means right. if you do that and at the end time if uh, your customer refuses that i didn't apply for this change mm-hmm. then you have to pay for that yeah we we can't blame the customer always because they have multiple things on their plate they have multiple things on their brain running so this is a proof that they have agreed uh because a change will cost you time and money and mm-hmm. uh, we don't have infinite resources right so we should work within the given budget and time so to make yourself covered you have to have that approval from the customer before you make a change or else it will be your responsibility as a project manager mm-hmm. and your company would be responsible for the change and it would cost us us as in the project manager and the company yeah correct uh so now uh while studying in school means in flaming college uh i have learned that how to means we just register a risk uh, in a formal document then a risk and issues uh, so is it same in the real life project or you just do it differently yeah yeah it's almost the same risks and issues have their respective uh, logs which is risk logs and issue logs we keep adding the issues to the issue log to know who is accountable for the issue to track its duration and finally record the solution that uh, would act as a knowledge base in the future 
this would again help us to handle similar kind of projects uh, any organization would have a common folder like a sharepoint where everybody can access the files mm-hmm. so you can go back to those those risk registers or issue logs and see check for the solutions or how long it has taken uh, to under, uh, to mitigate the risk that you have now okay so do you have any idea if uh, you have just uh, you have mentioned a, a risk uh, means you have registered a risk in the risk register then yeah, it yeah. Con- yeah, yeah. okay so yeah, once yeah once it uh, comes to issue uh, as you have planned that uh, it will certainly con- uh, invest some cost in it but uh, have you faced some kind of situation that it included more ca- cost and time as you before, uh, rather I means before you uh, estimated to that means yeah yeah so there was sometimes yeah some issues occur where uh, um, that would take a long time than anticipated but um, as project managers we have account we have scheduled or accounted for a buffer time or money for such issues that is uh, that is always there that we have a buffer amount of time and money for these risks and issues because we plan for it right uh, but sometimes it would take m- more time than anticipated that is when we communicate to the customer and let them know uh, if if they, if that issue or risk is uh, impacting the customer so much mm-hmm. we have to prioritize that risk or an issue we have to finish it, uh fin- try to solve it as soon as possible so even if it takes a longer time that means you have to put in more effort to uh, resolve it quickly okay yeah. so can you describe about some of the methods which are commonly used in mm-hmm. communication in real life with the project sponsor with the stakeholders and with the yeah. customers yeah yeah so mm-hmm. I would say most of the communications are the same pre-covid and post-covid. Um pre-covid sometimes we might have had communication face to face with the customers. Also I think it depends on the industry uh, like IT industry and most of the industries don't have to go on site to work. But uh, most of the communication tools have always been emails. uh primarily emails phone calls and now especially zoom cisco webex or microsoft teams these these were always around as we always had teams working remotely and connecting virtually mm-hmm. um but the usage of these tools like uh, this zoom and everything has increased tem- tremendously during this pandemic i would say yeah 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 i think uh, even cisco webex is your major tool for your communication right and your ms microsoft teams now mm-hmm. that you don't go to college you always you are always connecting virtually yeah we are using those both means webex and mostly teams to mm-hmm. attend the lecture and the seminars and mm-hmm. yeah to do the group projects also we just use teams mm-hmm. so it is good to have handy with those but you know the technology is always you can predict what it will do or it will you can predict that it will always go correctly right right 
yeah but it's always good to have that face to face uh, with the customer because that um, is kind of uh, i would say that increases the trust factor between um, the um, customer organization and our organization because we are constantly in touch and we are giving updates um not virtually so we have that human touch to our conversations right mm-hmm. let's yeah. hope this covid situation yeah. just complete uh, as soon as possible so that we can yeah. all uh, go for the physical connections and physical meetings and all yeah yeah hoping that day would come soon yeah and thank you so much for your effort in this and uh, giving your valuable time the information you have provided will be really helpful for the students who are hearing this podcast thank you thank you again for having me for this podcast uh, i hope this information helps your listeners mm-hmm. i'm not uh, i'm not a well versed veteran project manager yet uh, i'm a newly budding project manager who is learning new things every day so i spoke solely based on my experience so if you call me for another podcast i might have more experiences to share but anyway all the best in your endeavors yeah uh, for sure and thank you so much for your space because this valuable information will be really grateful for all the students who are hearing this thank so, you thank, thank you so, so much, much. yeah bye. so bye bye